This is Resist and Renew. A UK-based podcast about social movements. What we're fighting for, why, and how it all happens. The hosts of the show are... Me, Kat. Uh, me, Sammy. And me, Ali. I'm recording this now, baby. Shit, it's a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Resist and Renew podcast. This is another episode of The Toolbox. Um, we've switched the order around just now, so um, this is the second to last episode we have for this season. And before we jump into the episode itself, um, just wanted to say a little bit about the the end of this season. And um, we've enjoyed it a lot, recording and interviewing people and chatting stuff about facilitation tools and it's been really nice to hear some feedback uh informally via social media and through like friends and stuff about how it's been going um we have some intentions and plans to carry on and do a season two um but before we do that we would really like to hear a bit more structuredly from some of you people who've been listening so it'd be great if you would uh, fill in a little google form we made asking for some feedback about what you liked what you didn't like so much what you want to hear more of what you hear less of us chat about um and that will help us help us to make season two even better when we come around to do that um, so there'll be a link on the website page with this episode and also we'll put out on social media. Um, so if you're up for that, that would be amazing. And maybe some of you would like to chat to us more and have some kind of one-on-one or, or focus group kind of thing. We haven't really figured it out yet, but um, if you're up for that too, let us know in the form. Amazing. Um, so today's episode is a toolbox episode and it is about temperature checks. So Sammy, would you like to kick us off and tell us about what they are? I would love to. Um, So uh, temperature checks are a tool um, that is used by facilitators to kind of get some kind of often visual representation of how people are feeling about something. Um, So often it's based around some kind of question um, and they're generally used as a tool to uh, gauge um, whether people... So like a classic example is if people want to like... Do people want to continue talking about something or do people feel happy to like move into a decision-making kind of conversation from a discussing conversation would be the kind of example of where you use a temperature check. Um, they can... There's like kind of more discrete kind of like yes-no versions of temperature checks. But often temperature checks are quite continuous. So it'll be like... One would be you like stand somewhere in a room based on how you feel about something, which is getting a bit more spectrum liney, which you'll find out about in a spectrum line chat. Um, sometimes it'll be more like kind of hands up, hands down, or like hands kind of in the middle if you feel kind of middling about something. Um, and often as a tool, they're used to kind of make visible, similar to spectrum lines, whether there is agreement about something or not. Um, and there's kind of a bit of a crossover between temperature checks and voting. Um, I guess some of the clear differences are temperature checks generally are often more like indicative. Voting is often considered more binding. Obviously that depends on what the question you ask is, but often temperature checks are used to see like 
how do people feel about something in a way that then means you can inform the next thing that you do. Um, like I said, they're often also continuous. Voting is often like kind of yes, no, how you feel about something. Um, and there are kind of crossovers between the two. Like, for example, there's kind of like more continuous voting mechanisms, which are quite similar to temperature checks, which are used if people are familiar with quick consensus decision making. There's like a kind of fist to five tool in there where you can use zero, one, two, three or five fingers to express like how you feel about a thing. Um, and generally the best use when you're when you want to do something differently with the answer to the question. Um, so that's all a little bit esoteric with no examples. So Catherine, do you want to take it away with an example of using temperature checks within a workshop or meeting scenario? Absolutely. Um, a few years ago, I was facilitating a meeting with some new economy activists um, up in Manchester, and there were two big topics left that we had to work through, um, but with quite limited time. Um, so I wanted to sort of check the temperature of the group on how to proceed. Um, and so asked for raised hands if people wanted to explore a particular topic and hands in the middle if they were either not that bothered or didn't really mind and then hands down low if they really didn't want to do that and then put some different options. Um, so we did the hands high, middle or low for the first topic that we could discuss and just that. Did it again for the second topic. Did it again to try and get through both and did it again to do something completely different and not do either. Um, and when we did that, there was a really clear direction from the group to explore just one of the topics in detail. Um, and we had a discussion after doing the temperature check that that would mean not being able to do the other topic. And the group agreed that they were happy to do that. So then that gave us a clear steer on what to do with limited time left. Mm -hmm. Nice. I guess that brings up for me how, even though it's not voting, that there's still like... I don't know, it has, temperature checks can quite strongly influence what happens and like it can be towards more of a majoritarian approach to things mm -hmm. rather than like a consensus approach to things. So like some people might have really wanted to talk about that other topic, but practically it wasn't possible. And, you know, that's just how the process goes and compromises have to be made. But like there's, pow there's a power in, in the tool and how it's how it's wielded, I guess something I'd yeah, take away from that mm -hmm. yeah and I think there's also something so like one of the things that maybe getting a little bit into the limitations that I see can often be a struggle in temperature checks is something that was uh, not hit on by your framing of it is often there's something like because it can be used sometimes uh, in a way that can be not dissimilar from voting and can be quite similar to voting how you frame the question is really important um, like I was definitely part of a group once where temperature checks always kind of created more strife than uh, just like kind of asking people how they feel about something because because it was a group without a clear decision making process it mean that any time a temperature check came up they were often seen as like a sly way of getting agreement on something mm. where there wasn't really another way of getting agreement on stuff and a way of using that kind of majoritarian framing in a group that wasn't particularly into majoritarian ways of agreeing stuff um, which meant that they were quite difficult and the ways around that often are around either just not using temperature checks at all or having clearer decision making processes but then the third choice which is kind of the way that you went in that example Catherine is just make sure that the framing of what you're doing is exhaustive like don't just say do you want to do this thing or not because then what's like you kind of need to know what the not is to mm -hmm. know how you feel about the thing so saying like do we want to discuss this do we want to discuss option a option b both or neither at least gives people the kind of 
everyone will probably have at least some preference in one of those areas. And asking all of the questions means you don't people don't feel like they can't engage with the temperature check one because they like I don't want to say I feel more into something because actually I feel into talking about both of them. That making it clear mm. and I guess that's part of the implied thing is making it clear before you do any of them what the options are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that then people feel able to have a think about it and engage. So I guess we're talking about limitations now. So another limitation we have n- noted is that it can a temperature can, can visibilize like polarization in, in the room. If there's a meeting where some people really want to do something and some people really don't want to do something, then things can just feel stuck and you can like exacerbate that stuckness by visibilizing it. So knowing what you're going to do once you've got the data, the information from the group and knowing how to to move forward in, in these various scenarios is like a really important thing to have mm. in mind. Yeah, I, really I guess agree. like... Mm. Okay, go on. No, just going to say I really agree with that and feels like sometimes visibilizing the stuckness for a group can be really helpful, especially mm. if there are people in the group that think there is a clear way forward, like showing quite visibly, no, there isn't because there's a lot of disagreement is is really useful. Mm. But yeah, I really back up the idea of what happens when you're stuck and what do you do with the group once you know that? Uh, you need like a get out plan. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it is and kind of... Oh, carry on, Ali. Uh, you go. I think it's going to be more relevant. Okay. Uh, this is the joy of having turned our videos off to save on internet as we can't see when we're going to talk. Um, I was just going to say that it it has kind of similar in going off what Catherine was saying. It's got kind of similar issues to spectrum lines in that example. Like they are a tool where often the outcome is polarization. And so don't use it in a situation where you don't want the outcome to be polarization. <laughs> um, but if the polarization is affecting how a conversation is going, then knowing that there's polarization is better than not knowing there's polarization. But if people are kind of broadly all agreeing and moving forward, polarizing a room may not be helpful. If people are already polarized, but they don't have a language to describe it, that's when temperature checks can be really helpful to be like, oh, so actually I felt like we should just move on. And I was bringing... Um, impatience to this conversation because I didn't see mm-hmm. why we were still having this discussion but actually I can see that what I was detecting was that most people agreed but not that everybody agreed mm-hmm. and then it's useful to then you could we can have a discussion of like well do we feel happy going on when not everyone agrees or do we want to amend the thing we're talking about to get to a point where people are happier with it etc which is why it so heavily crosses over with decision making mm-hmm. processes mm-hmm. what were you going to say Ali? Uh, I was going to say like I don't even know how much of a limitation this is, but I know people feel strongly about it sometimes is facilitated bias when using a temperature check, especially if you've got option A, option B in the same thing. So people don't like their option being hands down. It feels negative and people feel like hands up is more positive. So maybe the way that Catherine talked about it and like having multiple ones where your option is always up to like indicate how much you like it can get around that as i said i'm not like totally full yeah i don't really buy it 100 percent, but i can understand that people do find it uh, a thing i just want to come back to the thing about like intentionally doing this to show that the group is stuck um and and then noticing like just yeah wanting a bit more information on then what do you do like, so you've mm. used a temperature check, you see that there's some polarization, even if it's like only a couple of people disagreeing, 
what would be your next step in terms of how you'd work with the group at that point? Yeah, so I think as a person like who is as much facilitating things within groups that I'm not a part of as facilitating things within groups that I am a part of, if it's a group that I'm not a part of, the reason that I was highlighting that the point before around how it links with decision making processes is because often then kind of one of the follow up questions, if it's not something that's already clear to you, is be like, how do you normally deal with divisions like this? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have, even if you don't have an implicit written down decision making process, what have you done in previous discussions like this? Um, and that's not necessarily what you should do, because sometimes it's like, oh, we just don't really, we just kind of move on and be like, okay. I don't think I don't think we're just going to ignore that there's disagreement in this situation. We may agree that we're not going to do anything. We may agree to not act on it, but we're not going to not pretend like we're going to not going to pretend like it's not happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like identifying if there is some kind of like established way of moving forward, which could be like so. One of the classic things is some a lot of groups will operate within like kind of a blended consensus model where they'll try and come up with a proposal which everybody can agree to and back. But if that's not possible, they'll be willing to go to like some kind of some form of vote, often like a non, like a non-simple majoritarian vote, but maybe like two thirds of the people need to agree or whatever, and then like and then that's an agreed way of moving through, and it's fine. And then that, then at least you've got a process for that. And then I guess often one of the follow-up things, which is often one of the tensions, a classic thing which people are trying to avoid, is in the situation you were describing, Catherine. If you're saying there's two things to talk about, what you and you've got half an hour, what you don't want to do is spend 15 minutes discussing which one you want to talk mm -hmm. about, because then you're you're not really resolving the problem, or you're resolving a different problem. Um, and so, often being very clear about time boxing discussions, I think, can be really helpful, especially in the scenario you were talking about. To be like, okay, so the reason we were doing this is because we wanted to spend time discussing one of these things properly rather than both of them in a way that's really rushed so let's take five minutes gives them that it seems like there is disagreement to maybe hear from the people who disagree about what the concern is that like i'm a very consensus influence facilitator so be like what are your concerns are there any ways of amending the thing we're discussing to make sure that your concerns could be mitigated um and or how strongly do you feel about them is it like a, oh like i'm just i'm not really into it but i'm not against it like it's just not my favorite or like no this feels like a really fundamental problem to me that i think we should spend time talking about and i wouldn't feel comfortable moving forward without without that having happened mm -hmm. and i think all of that gives you like kind of useful information as a facilitator to be able to work out whether you're like okay well we said we're going to give five minutes to this discussion we've given five minutes it seems like we've got a clear way forward great let's go with it and if you don't then I guess you can just transparently play that back to the group and be like well we said we'd take five minutes on this to see if we can get to a place of agreement of how we can move forward we can't our options are we continue discussing this to see how we can come up with a way forward which probably means we wouldn't be able to move forward on it in this discussion how does like then that's the thing that's going to happen. Or you're basically railroading somebody in that situation and see mm -hmm. if anybody's willing to drop their disagreement. And if they do, that's probably something you've got to come back to in the closing to be like that. You did basically override somebody's concerns previously for the purpose of expediency. Like, is that fine? Because if that's not fine, you probably need to have a chat about how you make decisions when you don't all agree, because you probably shouldn't keep doing this. This is, this is how friction mm -hmm. starts or exacerbates. Mm. Wow, I thought I was going to give a one-sentence response to that. I didn't. That was worthy. <laughs> <laughs> mm, thank you, though. That was good. Yeah, it's useful to hear it. 
Did you have any thoughts? You, Ali or Catherine, were you posing it as a question because you didn't have a clear idea of an answer or was it something that where you also had a thing to bring? I mean, I was posing it because I was just curious. I feel like I, I'm, I'm often in, in groups where there's a stuck feeling um, and it feels a bit like the million dollar question of how do you unstick um, and just curious to hear yeah, other, other ways of moving through. I think in my mind, I what Sammy was saying would be like a good process and like the ideal process. Um, I think basically finding ways to give space to the disagreement and the people who are less into whatever is going on or the proposal is to, to make space for that. And yeah, I don't know, like I think you could probably add a, add some more tools on top of that to make that uh, more structured depending on the group, I guess. Um, I know Navigate are really into convergent facilitation. I don't fully know what it is, but my, my like baseline understanding of it is is basically use the conflict icebergs in that in that setting mm -hmm. in that setting. So like ask people to go in, ask the people who are polarized to talk about their interests or their needs in the situation. Maybe ask everyone to say what their needs are and try and build a bit of understanding between people in that situation through taking things down into a deeper level rather than what I think is the best thing to do in this particular moment. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think, I think essentially that's what I would try and do, whether I call it something, a specific tool or not. Mm -hmm. Love it. Should we move on to some top, tape top takeaways? Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to start. Uh, I, um, like we've discussed before, like I really enjoy using um, temperature checks to highlight, like especially if there is a lack of agreement and make that visible to people within a space. Um, what I will generally use um, temperature checks for in practice is as kind of like forks in plans to be like, if everybody agrees, we should do this. And if everybody doesn't agree, then we should do that, which kind of answers one of those questions of how, what do you do when there is disagreement is you can often plan in advance for, if there is a screen, we'll do this, and if there's not, we'll do that. Um, and often, I think they can be really useful in a kind of a, especially for doing something like quite high level, like strategic discussions, where there's lots of framing, there's lots of assumptions, there's lots of things like that. Having these kind of like iterative approaches to conversations like temperature checks can really help you flesh out where there's agreement where there isn't and be like okay so it feels like we're all, it feels like we're in agreement about this and it feels like we're not in agreement about this so let's spend a bit of time confirming we are in agreement here in which case we can probably move on and leave that aside and then spend our time focusing on where there is disagreement um so like that's a uh, having them as like a tool to highlight where there's disagreement as an opportunity to then focus on the disagreement is my favorite use of a temperature check nice yeah i'd say that's my favorite bit too and just like confirming my intuition that things feel a bit stuck and pointing that out to everybody in the group would be the the thing and i guess it's like also a a way that non a more non-verbal feedback from because you can have a conversation with like a big group of people and three or four people will take up most of the space saying polarized positions and yeah it can be a way of like bringing everybody else in without needing them to want to say any more if they don't want to uh, it can just like confirm a bit more about where the the group as a whole is at mm. Catherine do you have a takeaway um yeah I think just something you were saying Sammy about like not accidentally polarizing the group if that's not your intention 
Um, and um, yeah, thinking also about the facilitator bias and so how you're asking the question um, can shape um, the direction that you then go in. So being quite intentional, um, which can be difficult if you're if you're sensing something in the room and then you want to do a temperature check to check the sensing. Having to come up with a good framing of a question on the fly is is challenging. So um, maybe having a few uh, framings up your sleeve can be helpful. Great. Nice. That's the end of our um, toolbox. It's empty. We've run out. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're, We're done. No, no one, you're, no one's allowed to do anything in a meeting that is not one of those <laughs> six seven. Or seven tools. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them is facilitation. So I oh, feel wow. like that's that, mm-hmm. that's a cheat. Mm-hmm. Six tools. The meta tool. Mm. Okay. Well. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not good at closing things it's not a forte <laughs> so yeah thanks for listening uh, this was the last toolbox episode we've got one more uh, long form episode coming up with an interview with Fazana Khan from Healing Justice London check that out next week as we said at the beginning of this episode, it would be really great to hear some feedback from anyone who's been listening along to these uh, episodes. Please take a couple of minutes to fill in our Google form for that. That would be much appreciated. As ever, thanks to Klaus for letting us use this song, Neff, for our backing track. And if you want to find out anything more about Resist Renew as a training collective, check us out at resistrenew.com and we're on all the social medias. See you next time.